It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I don't think the acoustic conditions in this room are optimal for podcasting. Oh, really? What's wrong with them? I don't know. High ceilings, I imagine there's a bit of reverberation. So I just wanted to get that out of the way and apologise in advance. Okay, well, I might as well apologise for mine then as well. Where are <laughs> you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not at home either. Oh, that's, uh, that's a cagey answer. <laughs> I have, I'm also in a room with high ceilings I did consider getting his meg boxes around it for the acoustics but I could only find three and I didn't feel like that was enough still no less of a cagey answer <laughs> I'm at what? Tom's mum's house okay why, 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 why did I have to tease that out of you I don't know I, I like being mysterious yeah um, see I'm an open book me yeah. It's all out. It's all flopped out. <laughs> Too much, some would say. Um, yeah, and I'm still in Edinburgh. I'm slightly worried that Sarah will come back at some stage. What, during us doing this? No, I must just mean generally. Oh, <laughs> you're slightly no. worried. No, um, so we we started recording a little later than intended mm. because uh, I had some bedtime issues with my son. So we're staying in this flat I'm in the living room, which is where the telly is. The internet doesn't work in our bedroom, and Jean's obviously asleep in the other room. So I don't quite know where I should send her when she gets back round the block. <laughs> Just sit and sit in the toilet. I mean, I think it would be a treat for anybody to to sit eavesdropping in on this conversation. To be perfectly honest, it's like just getting half the podcast. You'll just be able to hear you. Yes. What yeah. more does she want? What more does she want? I mean, it's uh, 50% more than she usually hears of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, same here. She used to listen to it. Yeah, same here. Uh, I, I, I get it. You fall out of the habit, don't you? I think they just, they're sick of us during the day. And so why have it when we're not around? Yes, maybe you're right. That's my theory. So while I was lying on my son's bedroom floor waiting for him to go to sleep, I was uh, reading an article in the New York Times about doppelgangers. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, an article and a photo essay. It was pictures of people. I think it's been some big social media thing where they have uh, got people together with people who look like them. They've sourced from around the world on social media and then had scientists test the DNA and no surprises in that. If you look like somebody, you, you are more likely to share more DNA. But isn't that a terrifying thought? What, that somebody might look like you? (laughs) Yes. There'll be someone else who shared this appearance. Every now and again on Twitter or or whatever, somebody will say, my mate looks like you. My my instant reaction is say, oh, please don't say that. That's not a nice thing for them to hear. I'm sure they don't. (laughs) There's a bit of low self-esteem coming on here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm trying to work on that self-esteem. I keep hearing this phrase, um, self-love. Yeah. But... I just think I'm not my type. <laughs> That's okay, isn't it? Yeah, we're not, we're not everyone's there's some, type. There's someone out there for me to love. It's just not me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my big achievement this week, if you'd like to know. I would. Is 
I have repeatedly managed to use uh, a code for a Starbucks toilet that I uh, got hold of by watching somebody else type it in so I didn't even have to buy anything from the Starbucks. Oh, so on the door they have a, like a, a keypad with a code on it. Exactly. So uh, oh. so the, the busier the area, the less they want to share their toilet with everybody. I always assume it's because uh, they, they don't want ne'er-do-wells in there. Mm. I don't know why a ne'er-do-well likes a toilet so much. <laughs> well, they're doing ne'er-do-well things in there, aren't they? <laughs> but aren't, aren't there nicer places? To do it? Like where? Yeah. I don't even know what they're, what, what they're not doing well in it. But anyway. But, you know, I think we talked about this before. I, I find it very stressful when the cubicle is occupied, knowing if somebody's in there or if the lock is broken oh. or it's out of order. It's super stressful because you don't want to be the aggressive. One no, 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 no. But I will say that it's it's almost never that the the toilet's out of order, and when these people come out, they look bold as brass. I find. <laughs> Like, they don't care that you've been waiting there for 12 minutes or more sometimes. <laughs> you've timed it. And then I think about people who have to catheterize or whatever, and I, I feel some sympathy, and I think, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know what they're doing in there. There's probably a good medical reason. But often You're so broad-minded. But often I think they're just enjoying the sit-down. Do you think so? Just having a little rest? Yeah. A little time to themselves? Yeah. Like, I, I um, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so that wasn't even the toilet thing I was going to tell you. That was just a little boast that I had about managing to get hold of this code and use it repeatedly. And I'm I'm so scared impressed. that they're going to change it, but maybe they only change it once a month or maybe they never change it. Maybe, maybe. it could come back in five years and it would be the same code. I've only ever if seen you... someone do that in a Matt Damon film. I'm really impressed that you could do that. What happened in a Matt Damon film? He looked, he saw, it was, it, I think it was more like an office building, but like sort of looked at, like managed to see what the key like, pass was and then did it himself. Was it that one where he's in Mar- on Mars? I don't think it was that one, though. I don't think there's any key There's a film about Matt Damon memorising a toilet code. (laughs) Why has no one told me? I'd love to see a film like that. It wasn't a a toilet one. It might not be Matt Damon. My point was, I've seen it in a film, someone do that, getting into a building. I don't care if it wasn't the toilet one. Okay, so I wish I'd never mentioned it. Yeah. If it was a toilet and uh, Ben Affleck, I wouldn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Or or if it was... um, if it was a, a pin on a cash machine and Matt Damon, I wouldn't care. It has okay. to be Matt Damon and a toilet. Okay, well. It's what I've always dreamed of. May, maybe he'll be hearing this and he'll be like, well, I've always thought about making a film about that. Off I go. Maybe. Maybe the Netflix algorithm will detect me and others like me. Mm, maybe, maybe. Do you know, I put on Netflix the other day and I saw there's now a feature where it's um, it's the equivalent of the I'm feeling lucky button on Google. <laughs> yes, I know. It's so weird. Did I tell you this? Yeah, no, 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 but no. I noticed it too, yeah. It's like, just show me something. I think, who on earth would take that risk? <laughs> That's what Netflix has replaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like switching randomness. on the telly and yes. just like seeing whatever old rubbish is on. I don't want to see something random. Have you seen how much terrible stuff there is on there? Of an evening. It's, it's just like it's like this huge ocean of terrible stuff with some, you know, a, a thin a thin film of good stuff on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the evening, I want to spend at least an hour of my, say, hour and a half, two hour evening um, discussing with my partner about which what we're going to watch. And then oh, only yeah, watching yeah. a small amount of it. Oh, we never do that. We never do that. Never do that. It has to be decided before sundown. Before sundown, do yeah, you, you need to plan in advance so that you don't do that. That's do you take it in turns to decide? No, we have to reach consensus. Oh wow! Before it's sun- like being on a jury. So organized. Yeah. I'm going to start being more like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, mm. toilets, Netflix. I was going to tell you about a toilet thing, but it, it wasn't even that. That was just a little boast. That oh, I okay. To, to so, so the other day, I was uh, out. On my having a rare moment to myself walking the streets of Edinburgh, it was about 11 o'clock in the morning. I had had a coffee and then it hit me. The coffee hit me. Mm. Now, coffee doesn't hit me in terms of I'm caffeinated. Mm. What it does is uh, wakes up my bowel. Yeah. So I think I, ha- I have to get I have to get to a toilet with some urgency here. Um, 
but I was in a bit part of the city where there wasn't really very much. It was quite residential. I googled nearest public toilet. There were none that near. I don't think uh, I was near a pub that was. I hadn't seen any pubs that were open. So I I then spend the next I would say fifteen to twenty minutes very slowly. It's not shuffling along. It's like I'm playing musical statues. Okay. Because I alternate between being extremely still and what I'm doing when I'm doing that is clenching my buttocks. Mm -hmm. And then something happens where I just get, I mean, I don't want to get too graphic here, but Mm. I don't know if it goes back up or something. I don't don't know know what happens. But then I get to walk a few paces and I try and move at some speed. Okay, okay. So... Anyone observing me, it, it would be a strange phenomenon. <laughs> right, right. I think. Almost like an invisible person was using me as a chess piece. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's what everyone assumes. Yeah, that's what I would assume if mm. I saw it. Mm. Um, with some of the sort of shuffling I do, maybe I'd be a, maybe I'd be a knight. Hmm. That's sort of two steps one way, three steps forward, stop. That sounds about right. Okay. Anyway. As I say, this goes on for some time, and I see a cafe up ahead. Now, I can see there are people sitting outside. It's busy. Uh, I also have never been in this cafe before, so I don't know the lay of the land. So what I can't do is that thing you do where you sometimes have got a mental map of a place and you can go in, head down, get to the toilet without speaking to a member of staff. Right, yeah. This is further compounded by the fact that it's a place you go in and there's a sign saying, please wait here to be seated. Okay, yeah. So I, I managed to get inside the cafe, stand at that point, and uh, then the the server comes over, and I say to her, "I've learned this from Sarah. Who mm. Sarah's great gift is being able to go in anywhere and get them to allow her to use the toilet. What a great gift! It's amazing because that that doesn't work for me. I get a lot of oh, it's customers only." Um, so what Sarah always says is, excuse me, if I um, buy a little something, would it be possible to use your toilet? They, without fail, say to her, oh, don't worry about buying anything. The toilet's through there. Oh, okay, yeah. But I, but I adopt her strategy. So I say, <laughs> um, excuse me, if I, if I get myself a takeaway coffee, could I use your toilet, please? The woman says, sure, what would you like? Which is still, I mean, it's still a result. Mm. Although I'm saying it's mm. a result. I mean, it's the bare minimum, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, yeah. They don't usually say, oh, no, we, our toilet's reserved for people who uh, consume the coffee on the premises. No, no. But but anyway, I get what I want. So so I order, um, I order a coffee. I say, I'll be back in a minute. I then go into the bathroom and... <laughs> it's... Uh... It's 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 an event. It's it's a major it's a major event. Okay. You know, it, it, we get it, it. We get it. We get it. We get it. If the government <laughs> were overseeing these things, they would declare something. It would be declared as something. Okay. Okay. They've probably got a scale. Yeah. This would have been on it. Okay. Okay. The point being, I'm in there. Mm. I kind of do something horrible and shameful. <laughs> Like ruin, like just ruin that bathroom. Oh God! And then have to return it to the state in which I found it. Okay, good. And I'm just like thinking, oh, why, why are we designed like this? <laughs> it's such such a humiliation. <laughs> I'm gone for so long that anybody out in the urinal section would think that I was a ne'er do well. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And and then it occurs to me that. The amount of time is such that there is no doubt what has happened. So if I go in there and say, can I buy a coffee and pop to your toilet? I think the first thing that anybody thinks is, oh, he's going for a quick piddle. Yes, he's desperate for a wee. No, nobody is thinking that this, this was a urination. Right, there oh, is okay. no way <laughs> that the, the woman who in the time I've been gone, has, has prepared this coffee. Oh, I thinks see. I've gone and done anything other than uh, a, a major defecation incident. Right, right. And then, you know, I'd, I'd like her to know that I also did the clean-up, but that's, you know, 
that's a, uh, I think that's a, that's a little unrealistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so I'm there after I'm finished thinking I can't make eye contact with her because we we both know what has happened. <laughs> we we both know that something unspeakable has gone on. <laughs> I also think I'm, it, it was such such a major incident that I, I'm. I, I, I'm quite drenched in sweat. Oh my god! I've gone red. Oh my god! So Is your hair sort of clinging to your face? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so right. I come out of the loo, and I can see the takeaway coffee there on the counter, and I can see her. Mm. But I just put my head down and leave. You don't take it. No, you're too ashamed for to take it. it. I paid for it. Oh my god! I can't possibly say oh thank you very much or make any kind of anything because there'd just be this terrible moment of understanding between the two of us mm, mm, mm. i'll be honest i'm finding it difficult to return to civilian life after what happened <laughs> what, what after this incident it wasn't good <laughs> would you have just taken the coffee well, I I don't think I could have done it in the first place because I think I find these sort of things even more shameful than, than you. Really? Because there was that time you talked about on the podcast when you oh. did it in the street, oh. so it doesn't seem that you have some of my issues. <laughs> that You'll was the mile end incident of which we speak no more. <laughs> I certainly didn't pick up a coffee afterwards, to be fair. <laughs> Right, Annabelle, let's uh, let's uh, hear what the drifters have been getting in touch with. So the first one is another of our fictional drifters. Yes. And I was excited to get this email. It's from Katie because she references a book that I was reading at the time. Which oh, was, weird. I found that very exciting. So I emailed straight back. I'm reading that now. So it's um, Martha from Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. I think you might like that. Have you read that book? I think you might I like have not, it. have not, no. It's very good. Um, in, in it, there's a paragraph where she describes going to a cafe, which is a few minutes from her home every morning. And the barista looks like a non-specific famous person, which she makes a joke about one morning. And by the end of the week, they've entered into what she calls a banter relationship. So she had oh. to start going to a cafe further away where the coffee was less good, but she didn't have to talk. Classic, <laughs> classic drifter classic behavior. Classic drifter behavior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then on to Richard. Oh, he says, in your last podcast, this was a few weeks ago, you featured a drifter who was still cringing from an incident that took place in 1969. And you thought that might be a record. I think I can beat that by a year. Mm. In 1968, I was six years old and in my second year at primary school. In those days, our desks were made of wood. And unfortunately, mine had a splinter that kept pulling threads in the sleeve of my jumper. My mum was understandably not happy with this and told me to speak with my teacher, Miss Hyde, so I could move to another desk. Of course, I was never going to do this, as even at the age of six, I was already demonstrating drifterish tendencies. That being the case, when I got home and my mum asked if I'd talked with my teacher about making the move I said I had done, but she wouldn't let me. I thought that was the end of it, but unfortunately, next day, having walked me to the school, my mother collared Miss Hyde to ask why her little boy had not been allowed to move desks. Of course, this was the first she'd heard of this, and I could only stand there in abject embarrassment and a realisation that severe words were about to be had when I got home. To her eternal credit, Miss Hyde never held this little incident against me, and she remains one of the teachers I remember to this day as having a great influence on me. My mum got her own back some 10 years later, though, when I used to catch a coach to school and would sit there with my peers rolling that bus. Any image I had took a severe knot one day, though, when my mum hammered on the coach window to ask if I put my vest on. I I cringe (laughs) to this day. (laughs) Put your vest on. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, There's another one. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. And this is from Cheryl. So this happened around three months ago. I decided that I had time before work to get myself a pedicure. And while I was there, my eyebrows waxed and tinted. All went well, although as usual, even though I only asked for a not too dark tint, as I'm quite fair, I always look in the mirror at the end and think I look like Raucho Marx. (laughs) Anyway, as I was leaving, I noticed I didn't have as long before work as I thought. So I needed to get something to eat to take in. I decided to pop into the baker's for a sandwich. 
Unfortunately, there was a long queue, mainly men buying pies, not that this is relevant. And as I stood in line, I noticed at the front of the queue was a guy I recognised, someone I worked with at a job I had many years ago at the airport. Oh no, I thought, I don't have time to talk to anyone. So I stared intently at the bread and rolls in the hope that he wouldn't notice me. As I was still staring ahead, I heard that sound that no drifter likes to hear when taken unawares in public, that of hello and their name. Yes, he noticed me and was now in front of me asking me how I am, etc. Now, I did recognise him, but his name just wasn't coming to me. He proceeded to tell me how he was now retired and enjoying himself and asked after me and what I was doing. All I could think of was, what is his name? And I could feel myself getting hot and my cheeks starting to burn with the embarrassment, especially being in this queue where it felt like I had an audience. Now, I was pretty sure I knew where it was that I'd worked with him, so I decided to inquire as to whether he'd be going to the reunion in June, all the while saying this with a feeling of dread that I'd even got that part wrong. Luckily, this seemed to pay off, as he obviously knew what I was going on about and said he might do if he could make the date. I began to feel a little bit more easy as I thought I'd got away with it, although I was now worried I'd be asked what I wanted in the baker's in a minute and I hadn't made my food decision and I didn't want to enrage (laughs) the big queue. So my awkwardness had not abated yet. After a bit more chit-chat, with me still feeling like I might pass out as I still didn't know his name, he suddenly said, OK, well, might see you at the reunion. I'm John, by the way. To which I answered, oh, I knew who you were, but I'm surprised you recognised me with my eyebrows. I just wanted the ground to open up. I was now burning hot and was sure everyone around me must have been stifling laughter. (laughs) As I write this, the reunion is tomorrow, so we'll see if I can get through that unscathed. And unbelievably, it's fallen that today I have my eyebrows done again. So if he is there, at least he will recognise me. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm. Um, Those are good this week. Yeah. I mean, they tend to be, but I really enjoyed those. Please share yours. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. So for the past couple of months, I've been doing something other than Sainsbury's and preschool. I've been doing park run. What? Yes. This is so typical of you. (laughs) This is so typical of you that, that you've been going out running with hundreds of people every Saturday morning and you only tell me about it two months I mean, actually, what would be more typical of you that you do it for a decade and then mention it? <laughs> You're so weird. What I'm glad about is that I can mention part run to you without having to explain it, which is weird because it's an exercise thing. But I think you did something about it on the other podcast. Is that right? Yes, we did an episode about it. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And, yes, and yes. I went on a park run, but oh, I ended done, up. You've done one. I, I didn't do. I, I ran for about like 50 meters and then you didn't did a slow it? saunter. Oh, oh, okay. You got. Did you get round? Well, I can walk. Okay, are you? <laughs> I'm a good walker. I, bet I do more steps in any given day than most people, but I, just, I don't like. I don't like uh, my heart rate going up too high. Right, right. So you just walked it. Well, great. That's fine. It's fine to walk it. It's great. Well, it's not because the people who walk it generally are the people you'd expect to be walking it. And also, they're and holding up the volunteers who want to go home. Yes, and no, no, no offense, but I, d- I don't necessarily think to look at me that you would put me in that category okay okay well for those who don't know um it's a 5k run or walk uh saturday mornings it's free you turn up you all run together there's usually about 200 people on the ones that i go to and then you get your time texted and emailed to you later and where you ranked in that particular 5k and I think they happen all over the world, not just in this country. They're, they're everywhere now. Yes, it's, it's a primarily a British thing, but it has, uh, mm, it has extended. Yeah, but you can go. Like, but you, you're at Tom's mum's house. I know you didn't want people to know. You're at Tom's <laughs> mum's house. Like, if you were there on Saturday, I bet there'd be one close to you. Yeah, I'm sure It's they a lovely would. thing. It's like oh, a- I love it. I love it so much. There's all kinds of people, young people, old people. There's a man I see every week who runs with his two kids and he holds one in each hand as he runs like the whole way around. And it's just lovely. I love it. Do you speak to anyone? No, of course not. I don't speak oh, to good, a right. single this, person. This is, but this is what I think a lot of people get out of it, a sense of community. And they talk to people and make friends. Like Lizzie from Acast. Yeah, yeah. Like she is 
Ms. Park Run. Oh, um, is she? I went for a walk in our local park with her, and like, everyone knew her from Park Run. And I think it's a really great way of making connections with people. But I, I don't really want to make a connection with anybody. Well, I think I like the connection thing, but without the talking, because the first time I did it, I whirled up about running with all these people. And I wonder if it's because I don't do anything with anyone ever, so I'm probably just <laughs> getting a bit overwhelmed. <laughs> Anyway, I've got a bit of a dilemma coming up. So there yes. are various milestones in Park Run. When you've done 10, 25, 50, 100, 250 and 500, you can get a T-shirt with that number. Hmm. And, and also before the race, the person in charge asks if there are any milestones this week. And he calls out for each number and you put your hand up if it's you and everyone claps. So it's my 10 milestone coming up. And the drifter in me, obviously, don't want to put my hand up and draw attention to myself. But another part of me feels like I've not done anything applause worthy in many years. So maybe it'd be good for my <laughs> self-esteem. Like some might feel that giving birth, which I did a few years ago, is applause worthy. But that would be the kind of person whose partner did a Facebook post about how they were in awe of them throughout and they're now their <laughs> hero, which I did not get from Tom. In fact, he never said anything at all about my heroism. I did try to cajole him into a compliment once. And the only thing I got was... You're so out of it, which he said with such a tone of disdain. It was like he was commenting on my behaviour the morning after meeting for the first time his parents, his boss and the Queen. In revenge, I'll mention here that in terms of birth support from Tom, I don't remember anything at all apart from him complaining a lot about a light shining in his eyes, giving him a headache. Anyway, I digress. Back to the milestone dilemma. So I've been thinking about this 10 milestone a lot. Until my most recent park run, they phrased the 10 milestone differently when they called it out. They called it the junior 10 and it got me wondering. So I went home and I Googled it and the 10 one is a milestone only for under 18s. So if I had put my hand up and got the applause, it would have been like I was pretending to be 30 years younger. Can you imagine the mortification of that? Another thing to mention as well. I'm very bad at it, kind of, obviously. I'm in the bottom quarter each time, which is fine because, you know, it's not a race, really. It's a fun, it's a fun run. But in my head, it's very much a race. And at the beginning, what I do is I pick someone similar to me who's doing a similar pace to me. Then I go just behind them, using them as my pacemaker, like I'm a professional athlete at the Olympics right. attempting to break the world record. And then towards the end, I switch gears like I'm Steve Cram in the 80s and I come from behind from an incredible win. But last week I did this and as I made for the finish line and the imaginary applause and adulation, my competition switched gears and flew past me to beat me. Was she racing me too? Oh no. And I wanted to say to her, oh, well done for winning. But did she know we were in a race? I couldn't risk it. So I stayed silent. And then I looked up her name on the results. And then I deep Googled her to find out everything so I can psychologically get the better of her next time. Not really. <laughs> I, I promise I didn't do that, but I will be her next time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I just want to say, if you heard a big clang during uh, that just a minute ago, um, Sarah got home, but Gina put the chain across on the door so monsters oh. couldn't get in. Oh. So I had headphones on, so I couldn't hear it. But she's she's back now. Okay. Sarah, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to figure out what to do because um, obviously I'm doing the podcast here. There's no internet in the bedroom, so I don't know what you'll do to occupy yourself in there. And then Jean's asleep in the other room, so. Annabelle said it'd be nice for you just to get to hear 
50% of this conversation. What a lovely treat that would be. And I said, well, that would be 50% more of this podcast than she usually hears. Imagine living with someone... Where... Hi! Hi! You won't be able to hear her. Um, and it'll be uh, uh, arduous for the listeners if I start relaying what she's saying. But go on, what were you saying? Sorry, I thought you like brought me over here and now you're acting like I invited myself. No, 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 no. I was just saying, that we, I don't know what you're going to do with yourself for the next... Oh, I know exactly. I'm, when I, you texted me about a drift, I thought, I wonder if he's in the living room. Hmm. Oh, then I'll just watch some RuPaul's Drag Race and have a red wine. And does the internet work in the bedroom? No, but I go on to 4G. Oh, uh, okay. Also, I think good, my good voice detail. is... My, I'm like Celine, Annabelle. I'm going oh, to rest. Oh, you voice. need to rest. Okay. Yeah, you do that. Okay. Bye. All right. Well, um, if you hear any further clattering, that's, that's what it will be. Okay. Now... So that's that. Uh, that's that. That's that's mm. that address. What else did I have to tell you about? I mean, I, I feel that I really made a meal of my um, uh, of my ruinous bowel movement before, and I, not a lot else has happened to me this week, really. Well, it's a lot because uh, I don't want to centre myself in this Edinburgh because it's Sarah's Edinburgh. That mm, mm, mm. she, she, I'm just up here to be emotional support. Are you doing that well? I just left a pause because people are thinking, oh, God help her. <laughs> so far, you've locked her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made her go and sit in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I spent some of last week hoping that I wouldn't run into Chesney Hawks. What do you mean? That you wouldn't run into him? Is he there? Yes. So I interviewed Chesney Hawks for my American Beatles show that I oh, did. And, and okay. he was, um, and he's so lovely. I mean... I think you've met him, right? I haven't actually, no. My ex became weirdly friendly with him when he met him on a skiing trip. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's a, he's, a, he's a lovely man. I've interviewed him before and then interviewed him for this Beatles thing last week. And then um, I was saying, oh, what are you doing in Edinburgh? And it turns out he's got a podcast, which sounds good, actually. Um, it's him, a couple of other people and uh, and a guest and the the form of it format of it sounds quite clever. I'd, I'd recommend looking it up. But anyway, um, he said I'm doing a, a live podcast recording, and then I just blurted out as I'm blurting out to everybody I bump into here who's a performer, which is basically everybody I bump into. Mm. I then say, "Oh, I'll try and get along to your show." Oh right, yeah, yeah. And Chesney was recording his podcast at like 11 in the morning when I'm right in the middle of doing stuff with Gene and uh, I, c- I can't take Gene to a podcast recording. No. He struggles to sit through the children's shows. Right, okay. Loves a street performer though. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, I had to stand and watch a woman do hula hoop 30 minutes the other day. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, but then others, he's, he's off within 30 seconds. No, oh, transfixed be good on that. He needs a buzzer like Simon Cowell on Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> anyway, um, so then consequently I was just like walking around, scanning the horizon for Chesney Hawks so that I could duck into an alleyway just in case he said, oh, are you going to come to my show then? Which I didn't. <laughs> but I would. And I've just given his podcast a plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Sarah had to leave town for a day, so I had to take Gene with me to um, to interview Chesney Hawks. Did he you? Wasn't on the He wasn't on the interview. Right. What did he do? Just sit there and... <laughs> I gave him my phone and some headphones and Pokemon Go. Ah, uh, okay, okay. But I also felt like I should play him the one and only mm. before the interview so that he got some context. Yeah, and make it more exciting. He, yeah, and he's been singing it ever since. He didn't sing it at Chesney, which I oh, think must God. be a rarity for Chesney Hall. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. And then I got thinking, actually... Would it, would it have been better for me to have played him some of Chesney Hawk's other material? Like what? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, there was another one from that film, I think, called I'm a Man, Not a Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. remember. But Mm. but I think, like, he's a songwriter and he's done albums and albums worth of stuff. And he has his fans and he he lives in Los Angeles. And I thought, I wonder how much of an albatross that is. And actually, maybe he wouldn't want me to play my son, the one and only. I don't Mm. know. Maybe Mm. I'm overthinking it. Mm. Mm. He told me a great story. Oh, go on. Because it was about the Beatles. So, you know, his dad was in the Tremolos. Yeah. So he grew up in um, near Ascot, Sunningdale, uh, which is where John Lennon had that big white mansion, Tittenhurst Park, that you see in the Imagine video. Do you know what I mean? When mm-hmm. Yoko's opening the blinds, you yep. the white piano. Yep, so yep. Um, 
So after John Lennon lived there, Ringo had that place. Was I don't he, know if it's... He, so he brought it after him. Yeah, or I, I don't know if it was like owned by the Beatles company and there was some kind of transferring of assets because okay. it was the 70s and all their assets were frozen because they were all suing each other and, and whatever. But so, so Ringo lived there for years afterwards. And Chesney Hawks's brother... Stay with me, everyone. Mm, mm-hmm. um, was very good friends with one of Ringo's sons. Okay. So they, Chesney and his brother, would go over and play in the grounds of this mansion. Now, they're there one day, and, and Ringo's got the builders in. So he's having some renovations done. And out in the middle of the lawn is a grand piano. So they say, oh, what's that doing there? And the builder says, oh, uh, uh, it, it belonged to uh, John Lennon, but Ringo... Uh, you know, doesn't want it, so he's, he's put it out there while he figures out what to do with it. And they say, oh, can we have it? He said, well, ask him for you. And sure enough, they go back the next day and they, um, the builder has asked Ringo, and Ringo says, oh, you're sure if they can, you know, if they can find someone to take it, they can no. have it. So their dad knows someone with a van. <laughs> they, um, they come around, they take this piano, and basically John Lennon's grand piano from Tittenhurst Park is the is the instrument that Chesney Hawks taught himself music on. No, that's amazing. Yes. Isn't it wow. great? But then then almost better still is Chesney Hawks now lives in Los Angeles. He's married to an American woman. Mm. And when he moved over there, he couldn't really ship this piano. So it's on permanent loan to Nick Kershaw. Oh, what? No. Is that a weird detail? Are they good friends then? I love well, hearing Nick that. Nick Kershaw wrote the one and only. Oh, no, I didn't know yes. that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is all great. Yeah, I really enjoyed that story. So um, that's uh, that's one thing that happened to me. What else can I tell you about? Um, oh, okay. Here's, I'll, I'll just do this. So just to describe Ed- Edinburgh, in case you haven't been here during the Fringe or I haven't done a good enough job so far, but basically... The whole city, performers just descend on the whole city. Every theatre space is, of course, full of 10 shows a day. But every room above a pub, every lecture theatre in a college, they're all transformed into spaces where shows are on, not just comedy, but uh, uh, plays, um, circus shows. There are street, I mean, street performers everywhere. This this is the whole vibe of the place. You've, you've been here during August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Royal Mile, which is the the main drag in Edinburgh that goes up to Edinburgh Castle, it's like a historic cobbledy street full of shops selling kilts and bagpipes and um, tweed, is just rammed every day with street performers. So Gene just wants to go there all the time. And we were there the other day, and he's seen this guy a few times now, a caricature artist. And he's like, Dad, please, can we get a caricature done? Please. And he catches me in a good mood. <laughs> so I say yes. So um, so this guy, uh, he's, he's got, as you'd expect, a caricature of Madonna, well, yeah, a caricature yeah. of Mr. Bean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a caricature of Marilyn Monroe, all of whom I think he must have sat for him uh, at various stages. Must they say celebrities don't like attention, but if you ever go past one of those caricature <laughs> artists in the street, you know they're, they're all very vain, all getting the pictures done. And it must just be out of vanity and people staring at them because they never take them with them. <laughs> so, um, so we sit down, he arranges us on two chairs and no exaggeration it takes him between 40 and 50 minutes to do a caricature of the both of us that's a very long time yeah i mean it's a long time for me it's a really long time for a Mm six-year-old and people are stopping and pointing and i can't tell if they're stopping and pointing because the caricature is amazing Mm -hmm. or because it's terrible Mm. I've got no idea. And every now and again, I'll move my head or smile a bit and the guy will go, no, 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 no. And I have to sit completely still. <laughs> oh, God. It gets me to take my glasses off and then in the, in the last few minutes gets me to put them back on again. And once he's done me, he starts on Jean. So I am free to get up and see the 
results so far mm. in that situation would you or would you wait for the big reveal at the end that wait till the end yeah yeah that's that's exactly what i did i think that's the uh, the only thing to do in that situation so i am now if i text you this will you be able to see it straight away yep i'm now going to send you the caricature of me and Jean. It's a picture of me and me and him holding up the picture. I okay. want to get your I want to get your reaction as it happens in real okay. time. <laughs> say what you see. Okay. Wow, though your hair. So your son looks like a middle-aged woman. Yes. Very much like a middle-aged woman. Does not look like a six-year-old boy. Middle-aged no. woman. And you look like, like, your sort of, your bottom half is sort of, it's, it's like a cross between David Baddiel and a bird's nest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I have to say, I've had caricatures done in the past and uh, I, I always find them upsetting. Wow. Not least of all, actually, the caricature Rolf Harris did of me. Oh, yeah, that was bad, wasn't Which it? I think was spiteful. I knew there was something up with him. Yeah, this is because extraordinary. Of that, yeah. um, so <laughs> I think I think the one of me is kind of bad, but but um, not unflattering. Mm. And then you're right. Jean looks like a middle aged woman. Yeah. So my mother in law is a therapist, mm. and she does a study group with other therapists. I don't know if it's once a where where they all come over and. Um, compare notes and talk about what the latest thinking in therapy is. And they are primarily women of a certain age who dress a certain way. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. Scarves. Yep. Dangly maybe, earrings. Uh, yeah, sort of Celtic jewellery or maybe like um, Aztec jewellery. You know, you know the type. Yeah, of course. And yeah. that is exactly what Gene looks like yeah. in this. Yeah, he does. And then the other strange thing is, given that he got us to take our glasses off and then put them back on again at the end... It's like you can only draw one pair of glasses, <laughs> which isn't the style that I wear at all. No, how strange. I asked him how long he's been doing it. He said 18 years. Whoa. And I wonder if just everybody is too polite to yeah. say anything. Yeah, yeah, surely, surely. And it's not like he gets any repeat customers. Like you're not, you, even if oh. it's a brilliant caricature, you're only going once. So it doesn't no. matter if you have bad um, Definitely, definitely. I tried to pay with a card and he said he didn't accept cards and um, asked him where the nearest cash machine was. And I was tempted to do a flit. A flit. <laughs> but I couldn't bring myself to do it, obviously. You know, he's worked for 40 to 50 minutes on yeah, this. Yeah, but um, time. Yeah. Maybe you should watch some um, YouTube tutorials, <laughs> some episodes of Take Heart. Anything where he could learn how to draw a boy would be useful. Just, just draw. Yeah, just draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, that, maybe we should give it away as a prize on the podcast. For what? <laughs> I when I try to keep pictures of my son off social media, my wife doesn't um, isn't quite as fastidious with that, but I, I try to respect his privacy. But I think oh, this picture looks so unlike him and yeah. so much like a middle-aged lady that yeah. there's sort of no, uh, no breach of his um, no, none. privacy at all. I'm so relieved that he didn't blurt out, Dad, that doesn't look like me. It looks like an old lady. Oh, yeah. What did he say? Was he all right with it? Well, I think I went so overboard with the effusive praise. Uh, okay, okay. That, you know, there was a bit of an Emperor's New Clothes effect. Right, God, yep, yep, yep. Because okay. he can be blunt. Right, right. Uh, all right, then watch this space. Maybe we'll do a giveaway. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, maybe maybe from the way you've described it, um, the person who sends in uh, the the most similar likeness of this picture Oh, no one's going to do picture. that. No one's going to no, do no. that, surely. It's too, too much effort. Too much effort. Yeah. yeah, all right. We'll think of another contest. Okay. All right. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic, not improblematic. Although I am on the top floor of this uh, this building that we're in. So maybe I am in an attic in some sense. I don't that know. Did. Maybe it's more of a garret. Um, <laughs> okay. First right. one is from Gareth. When waiting at a train or tube platform, who has priority to board the train first? The person stood closest to the exact point where the train doors open or someone stood further away that was at the platform first? This morning when boarding my train into London, I was stood waiting in the exact platform spot where I know a set of doors open. I've been getting this train for years, so I've just learned this by habit. 
However, yeah, you, you look for the you look for the yellow paint being a bit dirty. Uh, you know where the line is. Yeah, you look, yeah, you look where yeah. it's worn out. Whenever I went to board, when it, when I went to board, a lady who had been stood a good couple of yards to the side of me, they were at the platform first, pushed past me in a very huffy way, as if to accuse me of pushing in. Obviously, I didn't say anything as I'm a passive coward, but it got me thinking, was I in the wrong in this situation? I've always assumed that those closest to the doors board first. That seems to be what others do. But am I being unreasonable in expecting this? I hate rudeness, and as someone who generally just wants to be liked and not make a fuss, I am willing to completely change my behaviour to fit in with others, so is that what I should do? There's not really a queuing system, everyone's just scattered across the platform, but if I need to keep tabs on who was there before me and make a point of stepping aside and gesturing that I'm moving aside for them, I'll do it without a second's thought. All advice gratefully received. Do you know what I'd love to say? What? Some footage of this happening in about like 1981 or 1974 or something. Right. Because I think, and this might just be um, me misremembering my youth, that people used to stand, no, I didn't live in London, but people used to queue in a line. So take the bus stop, for example. Mm. The bus stop was just a line of people and the person at the front of the oh. line got on first. Whereas now it's like a stampede. Everyone just stands in a cluster. Yeah. Yes. But tr- they've never they've never stood in a line for a train, have they? Well, I, I don't know. know. This is it. Like I, I've got this theory that didn't didn't weren't the British known for queuing around the world? Yeah, but I thought that was just in shops. But now we're we're poor at it, aren't we? Yeah, I it's wonder. It's a stampede. It's ever since there was that IKEA riot. <laughs> ever since then. <laughs> yeah. I always like it when I go to somewhere, you know, I've been to India a few times, for example, and it just seems like chaos, mm. the, the way that things like queuing or crossing the road or traffic or whatever work. But it does, it does work. Mm. It is like the, 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 there is a system mm. or there's a natural order to it. And I think that's what we're heading towards. Maybe we just become more mm. free and easy. Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe it's since they started to free the weed. Do you think it's that? <laughs> they freed the weed. I, don't think I know they've not that. completely freed it, but you know, people are always saying free the weed, aren't they? And then But back to the issue that? at hand. So if you're standing let, let's let's do London tube. Yeah. Say you're standing there and you yeah. know where the door's open and you go straight to it, but someone's been waiting longer. Well, who who's got priority? You're nearest. <sighs> You should be rewarded for your superior so obvious, knowledge. Obviously, 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 you have to let off the people who are yes, getting off the train. Obviously, yeah. You, you are as bad as Hitler, if not worse, if, yeah. if you don't do that. Agreed. And then um, I think then what happens sometimes is the person who is standing exactly where the doors open mm. should, should be rightly uh, allowed to go on first Mm -hmm. but actually what happens is people at the side can kind of sneak in Mm. in the um in the the wake of someone getting off do you see how someone's yeah so they go up the inside i think that's what happens but that's i mean do you not just think that's how it is now it is and i hate it i hate it so what are we going to do what what are we doing here well what i I, what in an ideal world we'll go back to this um possibly imaginary time in the 70s and 80s where everyone just stood in one single perfect line and it was all very ordered that would so be my dream so do you think they should unfree the weed yeah i think they're, i don't think they're quite freed but they should definitely unfree what what elements they have freed of it <laughs> and we should go back and stand in a perfect line because it makes life a lot easier um because i do think there's an element of survival of the fittest when getting on the tube isn't there Yes, yeah. I'll tell you when when I behave like an absolute beast is getting on and off an aeroplane and getting to the passport control. Like that brings out the worst in me. But I don't quite have that on the London Underground. But I do think if you're, I I do think that Gareth was in the right in in this situation. If he was the closest, you can't be expected to keep tabs on, you know, maybe he could hand out being the first one. By the doors, he could have handed out numbers as people arrived and said, "Right, you're next." You're... But no, oh, that's I love unrealistic. That. I love that. That everything in Scandinavia works like that. You get a ticket and wait for your oh, number, like a just deli. The best, just yeah. the best. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, maybe maybe that's the answer. We don't have to stand in a line, but we all have a little ticket. Oh, so mm. good. But I mean, what's Gareth going to do? Say something the next time it happens? No, of course not. Of course no. not. I was thinking. Um, speaking to you know, you know, if somebody is 
behaving in an errant way on public transport, mm. no matter how bad it is, the second you interact with them, you you then go from being in the world of normal people mm. to being in the world of the errant. Yeah. It's like zombies. <laughs> you're, you're infected. You are. You're infected. <laughs> Before you know it, you'll be going through that little door in between the carriages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Are we, did we did we solve that? Well, you said you want everyone to stand in a little line, yeah, and I said I said Gareth should be rewarded, but won't be. But I don't know okay. where that gets us because, um, and unless I do wish there were more public information films and signage. Oh, I know, be so about much easier. Respectful queuing and so yeah, on. But. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Here, here's yeah. us in 2022 going backwards. Yeah. Right, let's move on to Ian. So he sent in a few different dilemmas about mobile phones, but there's okay. a lot to talk about. So I'll spread them out over the coming weeks and start with the first. I have two friends who, whenever I pass them my phone to show them a text message or a photo, keep hold of the phone for a needlessly long time. And in fact, one friend will only give it back if I reach forward to take it. Now, whilst there's nothing on my phone to make a vicar blush, I do feel, like I'm sure most people do, the phone only really belongs in one of two places, in my pocket or in my hand. What, please, is the polite way of saying, give me my phone back now? Can the phone companies be petitioned to introduce a feature which locks the screen, meaning they have no ability to scroll up through text messages or scroll through the rest of the photo gallery? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like Lord of the Rings or something, isn't it? When it's not in your possession, it's mine, it's mine. And then you do. It's a very uncomfortable thing, somebody else handling your phone. And yeah, I've, I, ha- I feel extremely overprotective of it, extremely. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. uh, it's like I've literally just that second given birth and it's a stranger holding my baby. Yes. It feels like that. Yes. It's like, give it back, give it to me yeah. now, give it to me now, it's mine, it's mine, it's yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a I trick think... you can do with photos that I heard uh-huh. somewhere where you just slightly enlarge it so, it, so then you can't f- scroll anymore. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Just with your I mean, fingers. You could, then they could just slightly, whatever the opposite of enlarge, enswollen. Z- yeah, z- zoom in, zoom out, <laughs> I think is the words we're looking for. But if they haven't realised yeah. that's what you're doing, it kind of slows them down for a second, giving you time to take it back. But you don't shrink, want to you don't shrink. want to seem too protective because it looks like you've got too much to hide, which and I haven't got anything to hide. No, but I don't want people going, I don't, just don't want them like going back through my photos, even though there's, there's none of the... Um, Dick pics, as they they call them, or anything like that, on my phone. But I just don't. I just don't want to look in at it. No, I don't know no. what's there. I don't know what's there. Yeah, I think we shouldn't be touching each other's phones. I think what I'm going to start doing is, mm. if I need to show something on my phone, I'm just going to hold it. it. Airdrop it to them. Oh, that's a good idea. Or hold it in front of them and and not let go. Yeah, but what if it's like a wide table? It's fine. I'll just go round to them. Do you know what? I never like being in a situation where somebody's showing me a text that somebody else. It's not as bad as when somebody is reading a text that somebody has sent them. But just just give me a pricey. Mm. I don't need it verbatim. Okay. Mm. Have we? Um, no. <laughs> Unhelpful here. He what, just wants, so he just wants a polite. He wants a polite way of saying, "Give me my phone back now." I think maybe make a joke like, oh, don't hold in a minute. I don't want you to see the photo of insert something you think will be shocking. Oh, uh, that's not. You do make a joke out of it and then take it back. But they're, they're just going to be saying Ian's weird about his phone, though, aren't they? I know, I know. You don't want to get a reputation for being that guy. <laughs> I know, I know. Delete all your photos before you hand it over. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, difficult. It might, we might, it might just be something we just have to live with. A friend of mine once had my phone and scrolled back through my messages with my wife until she found something um, where she felt it, uh, it was critical of her. No. Yeah. Sorry, this is too weird a story. Okay. It it's somebody, weird. somebody I've not spoken to in, in years and okay, perhaps that's okay. why. Yeah. Okay. 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 Right. Um, are we done? Yeah, I think I mean, so. We're not, yeah. I say we, we haven't resolved anything. But, no, nothing. Um, no. I feel really bad about Sarah being stuck in the bedroom, so we've got to get this podcast okay. over and done with. Okay, really. okay. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. 
And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, um, I understand if you're listening to this and thinking, well, I'm not going to send it into them. <laughs> but hopefully, as the weeks go on, as we work through Ian's various mobile phone mm, dilemmas, mm. Yeah, we'll yeah. warm up. It'll be like one of those films about a sports team that start out as a bunch of losers mm. and then go on to nearly win the league, but don't quite. But then they learn some other lesson about themselves been, anyway. We have been doing this for five years now. I mean, this... Yeah, you're right. I'm going to try and make an excuse. It's because of the distance. It's because Annabelle is in... Where are you? Somerset? Somerset, yeah. It's a long way from Somerset to the... to the uh, to, What is this? Midlothian? I don't mm. know what mm. county this is, but it's Very a long, long way. It's causing long problems. Yeah. It is. I think, you know, usually we're in the same room. We, uh, we have this kind of telepathy where we're able to solve these problems. Exactly. Apart from all the episodes where we've been in the same room and not solved them. <laughs> Apart from those. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Um, also, our drawing competition, same email address. <laughs> Caricature competition. And stories, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And of course, this week I'll be finishing by saying, um, oh, I'm surprised you recognise me with my eyebrows. Podication time. Let me just open up the email. Here we go. It's from Mike. How do we think we say Mike's surname, Annabelle? Uh, oh, yeah. Oja. Oh, yeah. Oja. 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 Yeah. I like Oja. I yeah, like Oja yeah. as well in case oh, yeah. it is Oja. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. O-J-A. Um, O-J-A. Mm. Is it pronounced like that? Yeah, say it like that. Unlike O-J-A. Sorry, I think... Is, is there anything less interesting than hearing other people talk about your own name? Oh. Like either make a joke you've heard a million times about it or go on about the pronunciation or what it reminds it. Mm. Do you think it's really dull? I don't know. I think I'm sometimes just happy to be talked about or well, talked to even. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike Oja. Sorry, sorry about if I've, I've mispronounced it. I mean, we have, I'm sure. Mm. Although we rattled through so many, there's a chance that just by the law of averages, we get it right at some mm. point. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah? Uh, yeah? No? Nothing on that? Any, any of them, I'm okay. sure. One of them, uh, I mean. Mike says, howdy, you all. Howdy. Howdy. I would like a request uh, for a triple. Sorry, I'd like a request for a triple podication as close to the twenty fourth of August as possible for some people that I know and love. Oh, good! That is a great combination, isn't it? Yeah. Um, firstly, for my lovely wife Casey, as it'll be her birthday on the twenty seventh of August. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten her to become a regular podcast listener yet, mm. but she's still a good egg. She did allow me to play her my quandary that was read out from a couple of months ago, and she happened to enjoy that bit, so there is hope. You know what that says to me? Mm. If you and I had memories longer than those of um, certain breeds of fish, Mm. we would have a memory of a three-minute conversation where we tried to figure out how to pronounce Mike's surname from about three minutes ago. (laughs) The quandary focused on how to consume your podcast. The advice was to start at the beginning and listen through whilst interspersing new episodes when they're released. This has worked fairly well so far. However, in my journey through the back catalogue, I am currently into the episodes of the initial months of the first COVID lockdown, March, April, May 2020. And it's quite jarring to then jump to a recent episode where someone writes in about how to respond to an acupuncturist that insists on getting text confirmations from their clients on a weekly basis. I'm sitting here thinking, what are you even doing going outside, let alone going to an acupuncture session? (laughs) But then I remember it's over two years later and the world is normal, inverted commas again. Mm. Um, But where was I? Oh, yes, my wife, the good egg, Casey, 
is an amazing partner for me in life. We have three wonderful kids and one kind of awful one. He doesn't say that. No, he doesn't say that. And um, we'll be celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary this December. Also, she reluctantly acquiesces to my annual request to see a gig or two from my favourite band, Dave Matthews Band or DMB. She is an amazing mum to our kids and she really does make me a better person, as corny as that sounds. I can't imagine life without her. That's lovely. Yeah, very nice. Now... I'd like a secondary podication for my best mate, Gavin. I've known him for almost 30 years now, and even though we haven't lived near each other for over 15 years, we've managed not only to keep in touch, but to become better friends during that time by planning trips to see each other and our families, as well as our road trips to gigs for our shared love of DMB. I have tried numerous times to get him hooked on your podcast, but to no avail. I wonder if it's about time. I wonder if you've outgrown, Gavin. Maybe. In some ways. Time to move on. Isn't there an Alan Partridge line about shedding your friends like a shake, uh, like a snake sheds its skin? Oh, appropriate. Think, uh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, no disrespect to Gavin. He just sounds awful. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, <it> does. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, I mean, you he sounds good just by virtue of the fact that he's your friend. Yeah. I'm sure he's got redeeming qualities, but, uh, you know, there's not much to endear him to me at the moment, mm. what with his disliking of me, which mm. I find is often the main factor in whether I like somebody or not. Mm-mm. I find it a very hard thing to get over. It's very rare for me to say, do you know what, they despise me and my work, but I quite like them. No one ever thinks that. No. Um, let's see a band that he has taken a keen interest in AJR not sure how big they are in the UK but apparently they're pretty big here in the States and I am refusing to out of spite yes during due to his rebuffing my prior podcast recommendation oh yes. I love that that's great <laughs> I love things done out of spite it's a fantastic motivator and last but not least I'd like a tertiary podication. Love the word tertiary. Makes me think of um, colleges in the eighties. <laughs> Why? Tertiary co- wasn't like um, a, tertiary colleges. Wasn't that a thing? Oh, I don't know. Where you go and do a bit of adult education? Oh no, I don't yeah, know. Nice, night school hmm. um, for my friend Tracy, Gavin's wife. Although Tracy may be of these three recipients, the closest to the uh, target demographic for listeners to this podcast, I actually have yet to recommend it to her. Maybe it's because I've been burned too many times before with Casey and Gavin, (laughs) but it's more likely that I just don't know how to bring it up with her. I mean, she knows that she has some social awkwardness. I know that she has some (laughs) social awkwardness. Sorry, I misemphasized the she there, and you'd uh, even put it in italics for me, and I still screwed it up. Um, but because of our shared social awkwardness, we can't talk about it, <laughs> and instead just send each other random gifts and pics of things to which we can both relate, like T-shirts that say "People." Not a big fan. <laughs> so if she ever does hear this, maybe this can act as her invitation to listen to the podcast. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, but let's not say it out loud. Okay, okay. (laughs) 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 Uh, Keep up the middling work, Hannibal and Jeff. I'm not sure what I'll do with my spare time once I'm finally caught up on all the past episodes and Patreon content. Maybe I'll listen to some AJR. Nah, I doubt it. Peace and love, peace and love. (laughs) Noble Lord Michael of Nashville. Good to hear from you, Michael. Sorry about all the business with your surname. I wish I'd skipped it and just gone straight to his title. I feel like a fool now. Yes, yeah, yeah. But um, I enjoyed that. Enjoyed that a lot. AJR. If I didn't have a memory, as previously described, I'd Google that after the podcast. But I'll press stop. I'll start titting around with files and I'll forget that you ever mentioned it. Are you Googling them now? Oh, yeah. Oh, American indie pop trio. I like the sound of them. I like trios. Mm, I like pop. I like indie. 
Yeah, I mean that that's uh, that's very much uh, our cup of tea, isn't it? That not massively big here, though. Ah, maybe we could break them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't got a radio show on which to do that anymore. <laughs> but we tell people about them. Yeah. Um, good to hear from you. So, so listen, I'm very graciously going to podicate this. Uh, firstly, to Casey. Then, secondly, to Gavin. And then, thirdly, to Tracy, who I will admit is my favourite, just because she hasn't um, besmirched me in any way <laughs> yet. Yet, yeah, yet. And uh, that's from Lord. Oh, excuse me, I just had to stifle a burp, stifle a burp. Uh, Noble Lord Michael of Nashville, if you would like a podication, email us, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Great, pressing stop. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 